And to Jesus be all the praise, glory, and honor. Thank you for being with me today. You are my family, and I thank God for you. I pray today the Lord will really bless you richly with his word. And Lord, I pray every need in their life will be met. Every need, Lord, today in your holy and glorious name. And God's people said amen and amen. I want to talk to you about how to use the word in prayer. Because when we pray the word of God, that is when the battles are won. Now, we started with, as Paul begins with, he says, finally, brethren, meaning this is my last warning, <laughs> my last great advice to you. Be strong in the Lord. In the Lord means we receive our strength as we are in him in fellowship. That's how we are in the Lord, by fellowship, by communion, and in the power of his might. And then he says, now it's time you put on the whole armor of God. Because without that armor, we cannot stand against the evil one. And, and, and the word is really clear on this. It says, having your loins, verse 14, girt about with truth. Now, we began by talking about how to put the armor on. But let me just say a few things to you. It's called the armor of God. So he supplies it, we put it on. Think about a Roman soldier, okay? In those days, they would wear a robe underneath the breastplate and so forth. And the robe was loose. So to keep it all tight, they would put a belt around it so they would not fall and trip. So Paul begins with, put on the belt of truth. Well, the belt, of course, in the spirit doesn't mean on your waist like it used to be in, you know, back, back then. It's around our mind because the Bible tells us, girt the loins of your mind. The first piece of the armor to stand against the enemy, to resist the devil, is to fill your mind with the word so your mind can be controlled with the word. Because see, our minds, like those garments, are loose. They can get in the way. We can trip because of, 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 of the way our minds work. To regulate our minds, to control our thoughts, we need the Bible. It's the only way to control the mind. I'm talking to someone, I'm sure, whose mind sometimes gives you trouble, you know? And the devil attacks the mind. This is where our trouble begins, you know? It's the battlefield. The only way to control the mind, by filling the mind with God's word. And that's what Paul says. He says, now first, put that belt around your mind. And then the breastplate of righteousness. And that's what the soldiers of back then in the Roman time would wear, a big breastplate, so no arrow would, would come and, you know, and harm them. The breastplate covers the heart. And I told you, the second thing we do is by filling our hearts now with the word. And the Bible tells us, if the word is in our hearts, our feet will not slip. I gave you that scripture from the Psalms also. But then he went on to say something else. He said, and your feet, verse 15, shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And that is looking for the coming of the Lord, because the Bible tells us to put on for a helmet the hope of salvation. That's in First, in first Thessalonians 5, which I shared with you already. So to put on the helmet of salvation means I am looking for the coming of the Lord, who is my salvation. Now, many think, well, okay, this has to do with preaching the gospel. No, it doesn't. 
your feet shod with the, with the preparation of the gospel of peace has to do with obeying the gospel, not preaching the gospel. So, okay, we preach to sinners. But now, this is talking about believers protecting themselves from the enemy. Well, you can't protect yourself without living the gospel, without obeying the gospel. And obeying the gospel is take your cross. That's what Jesus said. Deny self, pick up your cross and follow the Lord. That's what the gospel is to us believers. Yeah, we heard the good news of the gospel of salvation back when we were not living for the Lord. But once you accept the gospel, you have to, to live it. You have to obey it. And that's what Paul is talking about here. And finally, he says, above all, take the shield of faith, wherewith you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Well, the shield of faith is movable. You can move it up, you can move it down, protecting your, yourselves from the arrows, fiery arrows of the devil by faith. Now, watch this. What he gave us first is the inner man. Because he said, fill the, your mind with the word, fill your heart with the word, and fill your walk with the word. Start living the word, living the gospel. Well, that's the, the, the inner man now. It's full of the word, mind, heart, and walk. But now you take the shield of faith. That's why it says above all. Now you use it like a canopy to cover the inner man with faith. Meaning now you take that word in you and exercise it. You take that word in you and use it. You take that word in you and make it active in your life. Okay, someone can fill their mind with the word, can fill their heart with the word, can fill their walk with the word, but what, 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 but what if they question it? It's no good. So faith is where you have confidence that what God said is real. What God says is true. It works. It's reliable. So we have, we know that, the, that, the, that God's word is truth. It's truth. And we believe it simple. And now when we believe it and know it's reliable, faith is alive in us. And that is what Paul says. You take the shield of faith and with knowing that the Bible is true and real, you can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked by acting, by living, by exercising the word of God in you. Now, so that's number one, two, three, and four. Now, number five. Number five, he says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. All right. The helmet of salvation, call on the Lord to return. That's what it's all about. And then the Word of God, the sword of... Now, I've gone through all this already, but let's talk about now the last two, the Word of God. The Word of God, which is the sixth part of the helmet, uh, sorry, of the armor. Now. Let's go. And take, he says, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Can we go together quickly? Can we go together quickly to Psalm 17? Psalm 17. All right? And let's look at verse 4. Psalm 17, verse 4. It talks about concerning the works of men. By the word of thy lips, I have kept me from the path of the destroyer. So now I am literally speaking the word of God in prayer. 
because see, it ties in with praying always. So when you read Ephesians 6, you tie the sword of the Spirit with prayer. That's how it works. Do you remember in the book of Acts when they were threatened, the apostles were threatened, and they came and said to the Lord in the book of Acts, they said, Lord, stretch your hands that signs and wonders be done. But before that, they said, Lord, you by the mouth of David said, why do the heathen rage? And they began repeating scripture to God. That's what Moses did when God wanted to destroy Israel. He said, Lord, you said to Abraham, you promised Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Ezra, when Ezra prayed, he used scripture. When Nehemiah prayed, he used scripture. And then they prayed. Same with, with you know, the, the prophet Daniel used scripture because he knew what Jeremiah had written. And so he was saying, Lord, here's what you did. Now please help us. So using the Bible in prayer is a powerful word. It's a powerful weapon too. So concerning the works of men, David says, Psalm 17, 4, by the word of your lips, Lord, I have kept my life protected, you know, basically, from the path, or paths, plural, of the destroyer. Wow. And then he said, hold up my goings in your path, that my feet will not slip. The path of the destroyer, the word of God will do two things for us. Number one, it will keep us from Satan attacking our walk. Concerning the works of men, by the word of thy lips, I have kept me from the path of the destroyer. I've stayed away from the devil and his path. And plus, Lord, you're going to hold up my goings in your path now. I'm delivered from the path of the enemy, but I'm not walking in your path all because of what? The word. Because you tie both verses together. Remember, in Back then, there was no verse four and, and, and you know five. These were added later, later, much later in history, by a Frenchman who decided to put verses in the Bible to make it simpler for himself, I guess, to find uh, you know scripture. But you put the whole context of the, of the word together. Let's not look at the text; we look at the context. So it's very important to understand the word is so powerful when we combine it with prayer. Revelation 12, 11, you all know, they overcame him by what? The blood of the lamb and the word of what? Our testimony. So we use the Bible against the enemy. Jesus used the Bible when the, when the enemy tempted him. It is written. That's the only weapon that the devil understands. See? The only weapon that defeats him. That's really what I mean. So please understand the battle is on our knees. So God gives us the armor and then says the way you use it is on your knees, basically. You can't use the armor. So standing really is kneeling. <laughs> so it's where it says stand, it's really saying kneel because that's how we stand in the Lord. We stand in the part of, of his might when we're calling upon him. So the battlefield is one on our knees, uh, on our knees. And I think sometimes... Um, 
God Almighty allows troubles to come uh, our way to keep us on our knees. Okay, so let's now go back to Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to con- conclude with this beautiful portion of the teaching where it says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for, for all saints. So prayer is what really gives us strength. Prayer is what uh, enable us enables us to use the word that's in our mind and our heart and our walk, enables us to use the shield of faith, because that's how we are strong. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So the fight is on our knees, and that's the only way it really works. A man of God named uh, David Maines years ago, back in Canada, began a ministry called Huntley Street. Really mar- amazing ministry, still going on. He's in heaven now, but I was talking to him one day, having lunch with him, and I said, why does God allow trials? He said, to keep you on your knees, Benny, to keep you on your knees, and that's a fact. So this war makes us strong because trials come for one reason, to keep us on our knees so we can win the fight. Remember this. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. So you got five divisions of the devil's army coming at us to destroy our faith, to to destroy our peace, to destroy our joy, to destroy our walk and destiny in God. How do we fight them? I just told you. Get the word in your mind. Control that mind of yours. Get the word in your heart where you won't slip. Get the word in your walk so you can walk right, looking for the coming of the Lord. Get that word working by faith and cry out, come Lord Jesus. Because you know what? When we look up, that's what keeps us uh, really, frankly, looking for the coming of the Lord keeps us from uh, losing it, keeps us from being deceived, keeps us from from really getting in real trouble because the the minute people stop looking for the coming of the Lord, they will be actually uh, walking on slippery grounds. Many have actually lost the faith, saying, oh, well, the Lord said he'll come, but he hasn't. So looking for the coming of the Lord keeps our eyes towards heaven, and that's important. I'll tell you why. You know when arrows fly back then thousands of years ago, when they would shoot, when enemies shoot arrows, they would shoot them up with fire. And so the Roman soldier had to protect first his head. And then if they came straight, he'd do this or came whatever. But mostly those arrows flew up and came down. So by keeping our eyes on heaven, we are also being protective. We're protecting ourselves. Keeping your eyes on heaven Uh, enables you to live for the next life and this life and be mature. I've always said, if you want to live mature, you have to start living for the next life in this life. And that's why it says they looked for a city whose maker and whose God is maker and builder is God. All right, let me just for a few minutes before I say goodbye, talk about the importance of praying the word. Praying the word 
brings in the omnipotence of God Almighty. I've never known a time in my life where I prayed the word and didn't work. I was this morning reading the Psalms, and I began praying the Psalms for myself because a lot of those Psalms, we all identify with David's troubles and challenges. And, and as I began praying the word, I'm telling you people, I sensed the presence of the Lord, and I began weeping because suddenly the Holy Spirit is giving me a prayer to pray that I needed and didn't know I needed it. So when we pray the word, God's presence unites to that prayer. God gives us the assurance it's, it's, it's going to be all right. When I pray my prayer, it works sometimes and sometimes it doesn't. When I pray God's prayer, it always works. When I pray what the Holy Spirit wrote, it always works. That's what the apostles understood when they said, Lord, by the mouth of David, you said, why do the heathen rage? Lord, the kings of the earth have gathered themselves against your holy one. And God loves it when we pray his word. Moses understood that in Exodus 32. He understood that clearly. Because when God said, I'm going to destroy Israel, Moses said, you can't because you said, watch this, this is powerful. Here's God. I mean, he's giving them the Ten Commandments. Thou shall have no other gods before me. And while God is talking, they were building the calf down below. Think about that. So God says to Moses, go down now to your people. Not my people. God has always said, my people, my people. Now he says to Moses, they're your people now. Because God didn't want them. <laughs> he said, you go down to your people that you brought out of Egypt. Every single time in the Bible, God says, I brought them out. They're my people. Now he's so angry, he says, they're your people, you brought them out. I'm going to destroy them. And Moses said, Lord, you cannot destroy them because you said, because you said to Abraham, you promised Isaac, you promised Jacob. And it says the Lord repents of the evil. That's one of the most amazing, I think, parts of the whole Bible. That God would change his mind? Well, God didn't change his mind because Moses said something. No, what Moses said is, Lord, you said, you promised. You can't do it. And every time God got angry with Israel, and he did more than one time, Moses always said, Lord, you promised. You said, what will, Egyptian, what will the Egyptians say? They're going to say, you brought them out because you could not bring them in. No, no. He said, you said you will bring them to the promised land. Now, Lord, if, he, if you're going to kill them all, then the Egyptians will say, you, 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 you could not do it. Lord, show your greatness. I'm paraphrasing. Show your greatness. Show your great power by putting up with them, by not destroying them. And God said, you're right. That, that to me is the most amazing thing about the Lord. You can really talk to him about what he said, and he always listens. He always listens. And this is the confidence we have in him. If we ask anything according to what his will, his written will, his word, he will hear us. And once we know he hears us, then we have the assurance he will do it. This is, this is what John wrote. He says, this is the confidence we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And now we know we will have the petition we've asked of him. So praying the word, you, you combine the Bible with your prayer life, it's massive power.
that you'll release. So Jesus said, ask, you'll receive. Seek, you'll knock. Uh, sorry, seek, you'll find. Knock, it, it, it will be open. But what the Lord uh, has shown us through the word is you pray the word. The entire book of Psalms, what is it? It's the prayers of the Messiah. Jesus prayed the word. We know he did because we read that in the Psalms. So the word and prayer are inseparable as God and prayer are inseparable. <clears throat> and, and only sons become strongest, the strongest knockers in the kingdom, the ones that knock and won't give up, are children of God who know how to pray the Bible. So when God says in Isaiah 27, 5, take hold of my strength, what is this strength? His word. Take hold of my strength. How do we get hold of God's strength? By saying, Lord, you said. You see that? That's what Moses understood. He knew that the minute he says, Lord, you said, he took hold of something God already had said, and he could not change his mind. Because that is the strength of God. He, look, he's exalted his word above his name. Think about that. With, with, without the word of God, even if you say in Jesus' name, it's not going to go. Please hear me out. God has exalted his word above his name, meaning when we use the word, his name works. When we use his name without the word, it doesn't work. That's why often you say in Jesus' name, it doesn't happen. Why? Because you're not Bible. You're not praying the Bible. You're, you're not walking according to the word of God and living it and praying it. Praying the Bible is the way to go, saints. Start doing it. And how amazing Paul says, look, put the word in your mind. You know, so you can control it. Put the word in, in your heart so you can live it. You won't slip. Let your walk be controlled by it. Let your faith be controlled by it. Exercise it. Put on that, that helmet. Look for the coming of, you know, of the Lord. Look for his word, his promise, his coming. It's his promise, it's his word. And now, take that sword. Speak it out against that devil. Put it into action now through your lips. So that's really the word in your mouth is really what that, that weapon is. Take the sword of the spirit. Well, how do I do that? By speaking it. By saying, devil, you're a liar. It is written. And then you pray and say, Lord, you said in your word. You see the power of all that? That's how you stand against the devil. That's how you win victory after victory, dear God, I feel the anointing just talking. Victory after victory after victory. God says to us in Jeremiah 3, return you backsliding children and I will heal your backsliding. Wow. How do we, how do we return? Well, I just, I'm telling you how. You use the word of God. You know, I was reading today Incline not my heart to do evil, Lord. That's what David said. D don't let my heart bend towards evil. Bend it, and that's what the word incline means, bend. Bend my heart toward you, Lord, to do right. Don't let my heart go towards the, the way of the, of the devil. Incline not my heart to do evil. Incline my heart, Lord, to do 
your will to live righteously. You pray that. And then when, when God says, return to me, use a scripture where you say, Lord, you said in your word that, that you will, will, will help me return. You will incline my heart to come back to you. And God will use it. Lord, help them pray the scripture. Help us all, Lord, to use those two last weapons of war. Combine them together to see force, mighty power released, not only by the word, your word in our minds, to keep our minds under control, not only the word in our hearts so we will not fall and slip, your word in our walk, your word in our faith. We give you praise, Lord, for all that. We give you praise for all that. But Lord, now we also pray that your word and prayer will become one in our life, one in our life. In Jesus' name, bless our Holy Spirit. Open their understanding. Take the scales off their eyes in Jesus' name. So they'll pray your word in the name of Jesus and God's people said, Amen and Amen. Okay? Now, it's time to give. Listen, listen. I need you to, I, I need you to hear me out. I need your attention for a few moments. If you want God to bless you in these days financially, it's time to obey him in a way we've never obeyed him before. A few days ago, I decided to sow a seed. And I increased my seed. I'm, I'm helping orphans. Uh, I, I had been supporting 27 families, and I increased it. Just I just felt it in my heart, I need to do it. Without knowing it, God already had a harvest on his mind, and I get these two checks unexpectedly, unexpectedly. And I'm amazed because I really wasn't even looking for it, to be honest with you. I just wanted to obey the word of God. I just wanted to give without knowing there's a harvest, even though I should have known. The minute we sow seed, a harvest is released, even if we don't know where it's coming from or we're not even aware it's coming. Now, I really wasn't looking for anything. But, you know, a lot of times we are looking for something, but I just wanted to obey the Lord because I knew sowing seed releases the blessings of God. It's impossible to not see a harvest. I was with my wife, uh, not, not, not uh, you know, recently, but back then, I went to see her sister. And as we're walking towards her house, I see grass growing through the cement. And I said to Suzanne, I said, you know, I said, look at all this grass breaking through the cement. And she said, yeah, it looks bad, doesn't it? I'll tell my sister to clean it up. I said, no, Sue, look at the grass breaking through the cement. She said, yeah, but I know it looks terrible. I said, that's not the point. She said, what are you talking about? I said, the seed is stronger than the cement. And she looked, she said, you're right. She was not paying attention to the fact that grass was growing right through that cement. And the Lord spoke to me clearly. He said, no cement will ever stop the harvest when you sow. Wow, it just kind of, like the lights came on. 
No cement will stop the harvest? Never. No satanic cement will ever stop the harvest when you sow for it. I don't care whether you're expecting it or not. The harvest will find you. I'm prom- the harvest will find you, even if you don't know where to look. The harvest will find you. I'm talking to, to people today who need a financial miracle from God. Who need it. And some of you are going to get it without even needing it. Because God wants to go above and beyond, you know? Jesus said, you know, overflowing. And I've just experienced it, okay, only days ago. I just made a decision to give. And just God just sent two checks from two different sources without me even knowing it's coming. Let me pray with you. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray the same will, will, will happen. Come on, people, let's just believe God. Lord, I pray the same thing will happen for everyone listening, everyone watching, that harvests will come, Lord, from unknown sources as they give right now. In the glorious name of Jesus, we give you praise. And God's people said, amen. And if you don't need it, invest it. That's what I'm, that's what I'm doing. If you don't need the money, invest it in, in, in your future, in your children's future. God wants you to have way more than you need to pay your bills. He wants to have abundance. It's time to believe. Okay. You can sow your seed now on the platform you're watching me on. You can go to our Benny Hinn website, bennyhinn.org, or simply text BHM45777. The quickest way, online, bennyhinn.org. And tomorrow, another powerful teaching. Don't miss it. Much love. Bye-bye.